Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill here uh that's kind of the way we got to get started here i guess so that's the tradition at fightful.com what's up you guys uh i'm here with sean rossap just so you don't think i'm flying solo tonight sean rossap say hi to the people hey guys sup alex is hosting this show and he doesn't even have his own original sign on i'm letting alex get some get some first string reps in before i'm gone for the royal rumble weekend and uses my sign on. That's right. I just wanted to make sure because people might get disoriented if I come in and say, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fightful Podcast. You got to say what's up, you guys. It's just tradition. Uh, I'm thinking of this as like when you take driver's ed and uh, there's somebody sitting in the passenger seat with you when you're a kid, you know, and uh, <laughs> and then they uh, they have a little break in front of them just in case you start veering on into oncoming traffic. So I'll trust you to uh, to hit that break just in case I start us careening into a ditch somewhere. Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Raw. Uh, but first... A few um, other things, too. A few, yeah, a few other things. We're going we're gonna to talk about the uh, United Kingdom Championship Tournament, which was a lot better than Raw. So we might spend a little more time on that than Raw. But there's a Hall of Fame announcements from today as well. But uh, first, I want to have uh, Sean Rassap, our, uh, our fearless leader, uh, talk about some uh, changes to the old Fightful.com. Yeah, guys, if you notice, we got a couple new Twitter handles, which you can see below right here. If you're listening, sorry, you can't see them, but I'll let you know them. At Fightful Wrestle, Fightful Wrestling, unfortunately, too long. At Fightful MMA. The reason we did this is because some of you we know we know you hate pro wrestling or MMA. You hate one or the other. So uh, now you can follow those and just get news from wrestling or MMA. So uh, that that's pretty cool. Uh, nobody's going to give you the level of expertise that Fightful.com does. Like on the MMA side, we have UFC vet Sean Pearson, who left the UFC on a three-fight winning streak. We have uh, Elias Theodoro, who actually fights next month for the UFC. I think he's... Six and one in the UFC, if you can, his ultimate fighter run. Uh, like, oh, we we got the names, you guys. We got Adam Martin on Mondays. We've got five shows every week with Showdown Joe on the MMA side. Reed Kuhn, who, who does the analytics of MMA better than anybody else. People keep bagging on my shirt. Eat a reef, guys. A coral <laughs> reef, because it's coral. Thank you. Uh, I was going to say salmon, but coral is nice, too. I like salmon, too. Guys, I can't wear a nice shirt. It's a winter. I dress a little bit nicer in the winter. I, I think it's the fact that you've got it buttoned all the way up to the throat. I, you know? Fine. You know what? Here we go. Live a little, Sean Rossap. There you know you what? Go. I'm feeling a little wild. I'm going to get a little loose. <laughs> um, a couple other things, guys. Matt Riddle won the Progress Atlas Championship. I'm sure he's going to be showing that off on Thursday. Register for free at Fightful.com to get early access to that show. Wednesday afternoon, I'm here with the owner of Fightful.com, Jimmy Van. Go to our forum. I'm going to open up a a topic uh, on there, and you can ask us any questions you want. Um, 
whether you want to ask us about wrestling, journalism, uh, about being an eccentric millionaire, which I have no experience in, but Jimmy does, fortunately. Head over there. Also, in the description of the YouTube video, the iTunes uh, listing, the Stitcher listing, and the page, links to that new Fightful.com shirt. It's finally out, you guys. $15.99 on Pro Wrestling Tees. we got a sale going on now. Check that out. And uh, my final little item of business here, the uh, Shane Helm show this week. I let you all vote on a topic. And it seems like the topic's going to be backstage fights. So we're going to get to hear about the time that Chris Jericho hit him with a code breaker at the club. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, does does, does uh, Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, giving Vince their finisher uh, at a strip club count as a fight? Or that was all set up, so not really a fight. Well, it's going to be ones that he was around for. So I, like... Batista, Booker T, uh, him and Buff Bagwell, Scott Steiner and DDP, I think. Um, there were a lot of them. There were actually a lot. Renee Dupree and Hardcore Holly. We're going to see how things were from a locker room perspective. Like the people that Shane and other people in the company were like, I'm not fucking with that guy. And guys that maybe they would have tested. Also, we got a person in the chat right now that says, where is Rob McCarron? I'll let you all in on a little secret. Now, this is not finalized. Rob might be, I might have heat with Rob for announcing this. Tentatively, Rob McCarron will be hosting the Royal Rumble post show with Jeff Hawkins and Alex Palowski. Tentatively, we're going to do a combination, shake them ropes, fightful podcast. I'm going to try to call in, but... um we're trying to make that happen. We're doing our best to make it happen. Also, post NXT takeover, looks like it'll be Alex, Jeff Hawkins, Anna Bauer. Next week, Anna Bauer will be on the show too. Check out her latest, uh, Most Ridiculous. It's awesome. It's on our YouTube. Uh, people are telling Rob to get the hat ready. <laughs> so before we get into Raw and not to take the host thing away from you, let's just go ahead and address the Jimmy Snooker thing. Yeah. Get it out of the way. I thought it should have stated a graphic. Me beautiful, too. beautiful tribute, but thought it should have stated a graphic. It, it is a, a wonderful tribute that had it aired, I don't know, before the charges were brought, uh, maybe uh, would have been fitting. But in this state, it just it felt awkward and kind of oogie. Like I just I didn't like the fact that you know I felt like anything that any footage I saw of Snuka in that package. Um, post 1983, uh, when this, uh, when the killing happened or the death happened, at least we can't say anything because he wasn't convicted of anything, uh, just made me feel kind of weird to be watching it kind of odd. Um, there was a lot of wonderful, nice things being said about him that I don't know if I would agree with had the man been fit enough to stand trial and been convicted of murder, you know? Uh, it was just a very odd way of, of doing that. I thought it might have been a, a graphic or even a 21-bell salute, and that's it. But they did the full package, and it, it was a bit much for my taste. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, it would have been very, very, very touching had he not been accused and likely done the things in which he was accused. I... Who knows how that would have have, uh, played out. As Jeff Hawkins said, um, he said uh, yesterday that even if you despise Jimmy Snooker for what he may have done, keep Tamina in your thoughts. She loved him. She's still grieving. She didn't do anything. No. Son didn't do anything. The Rock, who considers them family, didn't do anything. And they're all hurting right now. And and far be it from me to say – that you know they shouldn't be grieving their family member or loved one, but I think it's a bit much to ask all WWE fans to grieve equally uh, in this case. Uh, it just seemed like that was what they were requesting, and I kind of said I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna grieve uh, for this guy right now. You know, it just it just didn't feel right. I have a guy on Twitter harassing me because I said that Finn Balor doesn't do a lot of moves that aren't kicks, and he cited a double foot stomp as not a kick. (laughs) 
Well, you know, technically it's a stomp and not a kick. I think the kick has to be with the flat of the. You know what? He's wrong. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, let's let's get right into Raw. Um, I, I've I've uh, come to the realization that I think that in order to help out um, Roman Reigns, uh, that they need to give him a nickname that rhymes with boo. Like like big cool or something, so that whenever the fans boo, the yeah, something like that. Um, uh, I was thinking Joe Cool, but he doesn't go by Joe Anyway. Uh, just so whenever all the fans boo, the uh, announcers can go, oh, they're not booing; they're just saying, oh, they really they love boo- Joe Cool. You remember that show, My Brother and Me, on Nickelodeon? <laughs> you remember that show? I I, I have vague memories of it. Where Kendall Gill was a guest star, and oh, Alfie yes. and Dee go, "Oh snap! It's Kendall Gill," <laughs> which is the only time anybody's ever said that. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a character named Goo on that show. He was over Goo. There you go, uh, the, or the Great Gazoo. I don't know, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but this is not working. Him coming out to um, to start with the show just sets up a weird precedent for the whole thing. Now this segment, uh, I kind of enjoyed, I didn't like it at first, uh, because I thought it was just going to be, you know, everybody coming out and talking and interrupting each other. But when Braun Strowman does the interrupting, I like it. Um, and, uh, I was kind of surprised that Brock Lesnar kicked off the show. Basically. What did you think about that, Sean? I was more surprised that he didn't end the show. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a good way to put over how loaded the Royal Rumble is and some of the other matches. I know I didn't like Braun Strowman backing down from anybody, yeah. much less a guy that you know, he shouldn't have done that. If, if I'm WWE, I want Braun Strowman seen as on the level with Brock Lesnar. Like I, I don't want him to seem like cowardice or anything, but that's always the thing. It's like, it's got to be these people that are cowards that are heels. Um, Roman Reigns came out there and was like, hey, guys, remember? I was in the Shield. Like me. You used to like me. Like me again. Do that, please. My thing about Roman in this was he came out and said, you know what? I lost the U.S. title last week, but that's fine. Yeah, because you never cared about it to begin with, Roman. Like, you defended it four times. You carried it around, like, strapped to your back like your Pinocchio, and it's a bunch of books and a belt. It's ridiculous. So, uh, so yeah, having Braun, uh, you know, do the whole thing, step up on the apron to, to Brock, and then voluntarily step back down. He needed to, hey, to bring up my brother and me, he needed to be like, hit me, <laughs> hit me. He uh, he needed to do something more than that. Uh, the thing was is that I would have loved to seen you know the the thing would be nice is to have them you know collide, just run into each other and bounce off and just stand there looking at each other something. Uh, but I did appreciate that they did a lot to show that Brock self throwing dudes around. He took a Superman punch and got up like two seconds later. You know like it it he I, I appreciated them you know, having the whole thing end with an F5 to Roman. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was good. Uh, I expected it to be just Brock coming out mid-show, bouncing around in the ring for five minutes while Paul Heyman talks about what he's going to eat, sleep, and then do, and then repeat. Uh, but, you know, it was nice to have Brock come back and do something. The thing of it is, is that it just makes, it's trying to make Goldberg look even more invincible. Like, you know, he just comes out and chucks everybody around. All your full-timers, he just chucks around like they're nothing. But the 50-year-old dude, uh, he lays them out in 86 seconds. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm conflicted. I, like, my thing is you got to reestablish Lesnar after he got just mollywopped. Yeah. But I would also be showing footage of his match against Rusev where he destroyed him. Mm-hmm. at a live event make make use of those things yeah why not if anything just put them up as a standalone on the network maybe maybe somebody can track that down check it out or, or whatever um i just i also i love that Sami Zayn is just a psycho and he still went after him i <laughs> thought that i thought that he was going to land on his feet out of that suplex and maybe just run away yeah that yeah, would be kind of cool uh i i honestly thought they were going to keep sammy away from everything just just you know quote unquote injured 
until the Rumble itself. Have him come out, you know, in the middle of the Rumble, 16, 18, whatever, uh, and uh, maybe if not eliminate Strowman, like get involved in some way. Uh, the fact that they brought him back today uh, with no mention of the fact that, you know, we're pretty sure his spleen is just like deflated. Uh, you know, it's kind of, it, it doesn't help that, that thing. I, I thought they were going to say, this is the first time we've seen Sami Zayn since he was taken away in a, on a stretcher, you know, like it, they didn't mention that at all, but, uh, by, by the way, you didn't bring up the MLK day tribute. WWE's MLK day tributes are always the that bomb. Was nice. That was nice. They, they've been like great. I remember like 96 was the first time I really remember seeing one. Right. And it had like a Vince McMahon voiceover and it was phenomenal at every year. They're awesome. WWE production, when they really do something like this, it's like CNN or MSNBC couldn't put together something like what WWE manages to do. It's It was really great. I, I loved that. Um, yeah, the video packages they do are, are, are always uh, fantastic. One thing I did want to mention that Roman came out, just set up, straight up said, I'm going to main event WrestleMania for the third year in a row, which is way <laughs> more depressing when you hear it out loud. Uh, but anyway, um, so that was the first segment. Um, you know, okay, that was fun. I'm, I'm, I'm down for, for the rumble at this point, two weeks out. Uh, it is a very loaded Royal rumble. It's going to get more loaded as the night goes on. Um, however, our first dud of a segment, uh, comes next where they finally, now that Enzo has been cleared to wrestle, have the payoff of the tag match between Enzo and Cass and Rusev and Jinder. Uh, which I think was called in our uh, uh, chat on my live coverage, uh, Machka and Mahal. Uh, so, so this is basically what you thought it was going to be. Uh, Enzo gets beat up whenever he's in the ring, and Cass looks like a monster. You know, um, what did you think about it? First off, thumbs us up in the chat, you guys. Um, I suspect this is the start of a proper Enzo and Cass push. I think uh, there wasn't a lot to this match, but. They were playing up like that Lana in six, seven-month-old footage had concerns about the marriage with Rusev. And I'm like, why exactly are they heels? I get it. They're jumping people. But I think it was less more and Anna Bauert I saw talking, and they're like every monogamous, steady mm-hmm. couple in WWE are heels. And that's – I do miss the days of like – Babyface Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, and it's like you liked Miss Elizabeth because she was just a good person. She yeah. was just a good person, and people liked her. Yeah, uh, that's that's uh, something I long for too. Is the idea that you know um, the babyfaces aren't womanizers? That that's the that's the state of being a good guy is to sleep with as many women as possible, as opposed to the guy who's in a committed relationship. With this one woman, uh, that guy's just not doing it right. We should boo him. Um, you know, so so at least they didn't have Rusev take the pinfall. That's the one positive I can say from this. And you had uh, Jinder take the brunt of it with the uh, horribly named Bada Boom Shakalaka. Um, so nothing more to say there, I don't think. Uh, anything from you? I'm moving on. No, um, not at all. Yeah. So the thing was that after coming out of that, they showed us Jack Gallagher wanting walking toward the ring, and I immediately got happier. Jack uh, Gallagher. Did Alex. I say it wrong? I'm sorry. Jack Gallagher uh, walking to the ring. Um, by the way, we're going to talk about this later. Uh, Jack Gallagher uh, kept dropping a bunch of hints about how much he wants to face the guys in the uh, WWE uh, UK tournament because they're all under 205, most of them anyway. Uh, so that made me kind of um, salivate uh, with the thought of – some of those dudes joining the cruiserweight division. But uh, first of all, we have uh, Ari Davari and Lince Dorado doing a match. Um, you know, Davari keeps jawing at uh, um, Jack Gallagher on the commentary desk from, I don't know, a hundred yards away. Like I'm cool with the whole, let me yell at the guy who's my opponent at the commentary desk when it's right outside the ring, but there's no way Jack Gallagher can hear you from there. Ari Davari. It just seems, um, you know, pointless. But uh, Davari picks up the win. Um, he pulled out a straight-up damn rainmaker as a transitional move to his submission finisher, which I guess he has now, which is the Cobra Clutch, uh, which I didn't know of if course. was a, was a uh, bit of a nod or a 
uh, slight to the New Japan stuff that he just throwing out Rainmakers, which is you know un unkickoutable except for uh, Kenny Omega, of course. It was just an odd little touch, um, and then that was it. That was the end of the match. What do you think? Yeah, another match that that I could have missed. I, which okay, I'll say that that my question was maybe answered a little bit later. But I'm sitting there thinking, why do you have these guys if you're going to throttle them and limit what they can do? Fortunately, that didn't seem to be the case against with with Cedric versus Kendrick because that was good stuff. Yeah, I mean we'll 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 uh, group all of the cruiserweights uh, stuff together as just like WWE does. Yeah, but, well, no, they 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 uh they can't hold face on, anybody. Hold else. on, let me let me. I need to wrap my shirt in purple yeah, real yeah, quick. Right. It's not purple. That was a, they had three separate in ring segments for the cruiserweights, and supposedly normally two. Which is just like they're just trying to to screw with their in ring their ring uh, crew, trying to have them take it on and off three times. Um, but uh, so the next thing that happened uh, in the night for the cruiserweights was uh, Swan and Tony Nese were going to have a match, but Neville ran out d- mid um, uh, video package when they were doing a replay of what happened on two hundred five live or whatever last week, and he uh, he attacked Swan and. Uh, and then uh, Nice got involved. He wanted a piece of Swan too. And Neville pulled him back one time and says, "No, no, no, he's mine." And then he went back and tried to do it. And Nice got involved again. So Neville had to just chuck him over the top rope, which I don't know was another Royal Rumble tease. Just everybody's chucking over the top rope today. It's just the season. Tis the season for chucking over the top rope. And uh, and finally Neville just kept kept doing the beatdown. So um, I, I love Neville. Uh, Evil Neville is is my jam, and I, I love uh, all the stuff. He's we'll talk about a little bit about him. At the UK tourney as well, uh, he was uh, great, and I love him. I love the touch of having him do that in the middle of a video package. Michael Cole sold the shit out of that. Like he was panicked, like almost to the level that I was like, "Did they even tell him?" Yeah, because he he really sold that well. Michael Cole was a big part of that beatdown working, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I'm psyched to see Neville versus versus Rich Swan and. Neville got his shine during the the uh, UK tournament as well, so I think him not being in that tournament furthered his current character. So, yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm all great. for it. I'm all for it. So, uh, so that happened. That match never happened. So we're gonna get uh, Swan versus uh, uh, Neville at the uh, at the Royal Rumble, which should be great. I'm looking Can't forward wait. to that. I'm I'm assuming they're gonna put the title on on Neville and let a, a bunch of guys chase it. I'm looking forward to my uh, Neville Cedric Alexander match, uh, which is going to happen eventually. I'm hoping, uh, which leads us to uh, Cedric versus Brian Kendrick, uh, which was a was a damn fine little match. It was this was a joy. Uh, Cedric doing great athletic stuff, hitting all of his uh, high spots, uh, as well as Kendrick being underhanded. He brought back the old uh, force a guy's teeth over the bottom rope. And then kick it from underneath thing that he did in the first round of the cruiserweight classic, which when I when I saw it, uh, uh, I was appalled originally back in July because he did it to a dude who was wearing braces and it just looked horrible. The guy started bleeding from the mouth; it was despicable, which is wonderful for Kendrick's character. Now, of course, Alicia Fox gets involved. Noam Dar's watching from the bank from the back. The whole thing's just a giant cluster f. Uh, I don't uh, love what they're doing with the storyline, but I do love. I uh, did love the match. I loved everybody that had something to do with this. You know, the Noam Dwar, Dar thing, whatever. But this is the kind of action I want to see from the cruiserweights. This is the kind of match that makes me say, maybe I should watch 205 Live. Uh, Alexander like almost killed Kendrick with that Arabian press, but he didn't. So, hey, whatever. Um, Brian Kendrick's sell of the lumbar check. Unbelievable. Great stuff. Uh, Austin Aries was really re- – he's gotten so good on commentary. Uh, Cedric Alexander not falling for Alicia Fox's shit after the match. I love that because nobody wants to cheer for a dumbass. Then later, I thought Alicia Fox was phenomenally crazy and psychotic in her backstage interview. If she isn't on 205 Live in Rich Swan's face and doing an Adam Sandler impersonation saying – Stop looking at me, Swan. I don't know what we're doing here because that's an Alicia Fox line. Um, The only thing I didn't like is the moral of this episode of Raw is our refs are fucking morons. Yeah. The ref watched Alicia Fox cheat. He watched it happen. 
And after what we saw earlier in the night, which we're about to get to, I'm sure, I don't know how that's not a DQ. But, um, man, this was a good match. Um, It was just a really good match. This was Brian Kendrick making a guy look like a million bucks and Cedric Alexander making himself look like a million bucks. And, yeah, good stuff all around. Like, and it... I know a lot of people are like, okay, the Alicia Fox character, it's been overdone. I think she plays crazy better than AJ, better than Mickey James, better than anybody. I think she's that good at it. Yes, uh, I agree. Uh, she does do it uh, very well. Uh, if, if by well you mean like she commits to it fully and goes way over the top. There's Triggered, Alex. There's just, there's zero nuance to it. I'm not, not triggered. Um, maybe I am. I think that the whole thing about this is that, um, that Anna Bauer has a really good point in her most recent video that, um, anyone who's, who's being bullied or, uh, harassed by somebody in WWE, all they got to do just to prove, to prove a point is kiss them. So I think Kevin, (laughs) Kevin Owens should start making out with Roman Reigns or vice versa. Uh, because that's just the way you handle things. If you're a woman, that is your only option. And uh, they've, if you either can play uh, hypersexualized or crazy or a combination of both, but you can't just be a regular person. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this whole thing uh, with Cedric is just gone from this. I think if you're going to have Alicia Fox do the crazy stuff, have her do it with Noam, have her do it with somebody else. But Cedric is Cedric is a precious, wonderful gem, and I, I don't want him tarnished by any of this i want him rocketed to the top in a feud with neville that starts in february triggered alex is such a heel (laughs) triggered alex is roman reigns you you think it's getting over as a baby face but it's not that's what (laughs) depends on what section of the crowd see the whole thing is that uh i'm right i'm not over with this i'm not over with the smarts but i'm over with the kids and the moms, there's there's a, there's somebody out there watching this uh, watching this podcast right now who's got a big green sign with a hole cut out of it, and he's put his face in it, and it says Alex Pulowski's biggest fan, a little arrow pointing right here, because I saw that that kid in the audience, well, there was a Roman Reigns fan. Somebody that said you're nuts. Somebody said that you're possessed by a feminist. <laughs> God. Yes, that's right. A feminist demon, because all of them are. Didn't you know that? It's the internet, Sean. <laughs> oh, all feminists are demons. Of course and he had I've that. Been, pimp, I've been possessed by one, because that's how it works. I'll give you that one. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> anyway. Back to Raw. Back to Raw. So uh, we get uh, Sheamus and Cesaro uh, defending uh, the tag titles versus... Um, versus Gallows and Anderson. I figured they were going to save this for the Rumble until I saw that Sheamus and Cesaro have declared for the Rumble. So uh, instead... They could pull double duty. They could. It's a four-hour show. uh, Yeah, that's true. Uh, They could pull double duty, but um, if they they are pulling double duty, then I don't like that they gave us the match here. I guess somebody could say that the way they finished this match means that there's got to be another match in the horizon. Uh... So why don't why don't you take it from here, Sean? Because I know you have some feelings about the way this match ended. Uh, I do. Uh, I'll say that the match itself. This is why you bring a Gallows and Anderson in. This match was good. Probably their best two on two match that they've had in the WWE that I can remember. Uh, I'll never not be impressed by Cesaro's strength. It's awesome. Everything was good until the end. The ref gets hit. Gallows and Anderson get the pin. The original ref. Changes the decision to a DQ. This was insulting. This finish was insulting. Like, are Anderson and Gallows the baby faces? They got fucked pretty bad here. They should yeah. be tag champions. And they got fucked. Meanwhile, Sheamus and Cesaro are these two guys who bitch at each other all the time, got chances given to them over and over again. And, I mean, Gallows and Anderson uh, had chances given to them, too. Like, I don't know, maybe this sets up for for them to go under Balor's wing eventually. I don't know what they're doing, but after when they beat the shit out of Cesaro and Sheamus after the match, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be pretty pissy. I'd probably beat up that ref, too. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, shit, John Cone. 
Yeah, that, that was that was kind of odd. The thing for me is that as soon as uh, Sheamus knocked the ref out, the original ref, John Cohn, uh, I, I kind of knew how the, the finish was going to go. Um, I mean, if he had just hit the guy and then they've been disqualified immediately, there, there you go. That's a problem as well. Uh, but um, when, the, when the new ref slid in and countered the pinfall, I was like, there's no way this is going to stand. Uh, and it was kind of like this weird thing of like, not only was it a bad finish, but to me, it was kind of telegraphed from the very from the very beginning of the of first ref bump. Um, yeah, I, I also enjoyed the match. I, I, this is why, as you say, you bring in a Gallows and Anderson, and this is if this is the kind of match they're going to give Gallows and Anderson to work and allow them to work this way, then I'm fine with them being champs for a while. Let let these guys have a real rivalry because they're a bunch of these dudes really stiff the crap out of each other, and it's a lot of fun to watch. It's four dudes. Who uh, who really love hitting each other, and that's that's always good. Um, but again, the way the match finished kind of like made me go: Am I supposed to root for Gallows and Anderson? These two guys who've been nothing but the greatest, biggest heels uh, in, the, in the tag division this whole time. So I don't know what it really accomplished, other than probably giving us a rematch next week on Raw that will finish in some other weird, crazy, schmozzy way. And then we'll, we might actually get another tag match. Well, what position is a concussed ref to make a decision? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I understand why he'd be pissed at Sheamus for clocking him uh, in the face. Um, yeah. And maybe that's why he, he makes he disqualifies uh, Sheamus and Zero. But well, you, you have to figure out a way of saying, if you lose a match by disqualification, you're fined by something. Like, do it in a way that, like, there are different tiers that we we know now in kayfabe why somebody wouldn't want to be disqualified. Like, is the champ gets disqualified, like, if you're just going to keep the belt no matter what, why don't you just, like, start the, start the match with a chair? Hit the guy, get disqualified, and walk out. I'm still the champ. Until they put you in a no-DQ match, like, why isn't that the way you keep the, the belt all the time? Like, just walk away. Take a count out, you know? But I guess... And now Sheamus is a good guy, so he wouldn't do that. It just it, there's a lot of weird things to do with this match. I did not like the way the end of it. Um, hey guys, by the way, you see this hideous Rey Mysterio mask right there? It's signed by Rey Mysterio. And if you get us get us at Fightful Wrestle to one thousand followers by the Royal Rumble, I'll give that away. I don't even remember how I ended up with that thing, <laughs> but I did. Like. Some guy around here used to make those, I think, and that one ended up signed. And I feel like somebody gave it to me as like a housewarming gift or a birthday gift or something. I'm not a memorabilia guy, although I did order a laser engraved Jeff Jarrett guitar for $30 on TNA Shop today because I got to have that on my wall. But yeah, guys, right there, signed by Rey Mysterio, follow us at Fightful Wrestle. We get to a thousand by the rumble. I'll give it away. Yeah, you're not the only guy who uh, made a sh- uh, uh, purchase on shoptna.com. I went ahead and bought myself one of the brown bag specials. And when it comes in the mail, we're going to do a live unboxing on a it, podcast. It, I swear that TNA Shop did not sponsor this show, but uh, they they legit have some good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the the deals are just insane. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill insane they're so insane don west is back don west is back and it's it's uh it's lit it's lit uh anyway so yes as they they said hold on hold on i am a former purchaser of said brown bag specials Ooh, and back in the day don west used to autograph the bags But, uh, yeah, I, I got several of those things. I was a DVD collector back in the day. But, yeah, cool. So uh, we have a, an announcement at some point in here that the main event for tonight is going to be uh, Seth, Roman, and Sammy versus J.O.K.O. and Braun uh, coming out of this thing because there's no way they're going to get Braun uh, – sorry, where they want to get Brock to work a match on Raw. 
that's never going to happen. So that's why they introduced uh, Sammy, I guess. Um, we get a backstage uh, segment with Sammy Zayn going over uh, tactics for their match with uh, Seth and Roman, uh, where he goes into all these details about how they're going to attack each guy, what their weaknesses are. Uh, and then Roman and Seth are like, it's cool. We got this. We know how to wrestle. It's fine, kid. Like, what just makes Sammy look like he's a rookie who's never done yeah. this before. It made him look like a total dork uh, and like he didn't belong in this main event scene. And if you want to talk about me being triggered, this did it. Because that's not the way you build uh, this guy to be anything. You he if if the other baby faces aren't taking him seriously, why should any of us watching at home? What do you think about it? Sure. Yeah, and then he put his fist out trying to be in the shield, and they said, yeah. "Nah." It was it was dumb. It was dumb, but may, I think maybe it goes along with the Sami Zayn has something to prove thing, and I, ultimately, I'm okay with that. It's just. He does have something to prove. He's trying to beat up Braun Strowman. Right, right. I guess that's true. Uh, I, I guess- mean, he's a guy who comes out in a cab driver hat dancing to ska music. I, he's, I don't know how much more of a dweeb he can look like. So. Yeah, he absolutely is a dweeb, but we've seen him this year have multiple match of the year candidates in 2016. Sure. So I feel like Roman and Seth just dismissing him as this kid who doesn't belong there is just not, not helpful. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on, uh, the New Day have their segment where they talk about how if uh, if one of them wins the Rumble, they all win the Rumble. And then if they go on to WrestleMania and men of eight, men of in it, they all main event WrestleMania. And it was, uh, it was fine. Uh, Titus comes out and says he wants to replace the New Day. He doesn't want to join them anymore. He wants to replace them. So he wants to wrestle one of them for their spot in the Rumble. So Biggie says, that's cool. I'll do it. And then Biggie beats him. So we are back to square one. Nothing changed. This segment, I don't know how long the two segments lasted, but uh, didn't was unnecessary. What did you think? The segment was okay. I actually found the awkwardness of their discussion somewhat hilarious. And it led to what I think was the best Titus O'Neil singles match that I've ever seen. And that's not saying a lot, but... I like the match. Uh, Titus O'Neil hit a very impressive dominator on Big E. I was like, damn, didn't see, didn't see that one coming. He lost. We'll move on. This had some stakes to it. Cool. They added a little something to it. I like the match. The, the match was fine. I agree with you. It made Titus look really good uh, until, you know, he gets hit with three moves and loses. You know, that's one of those things sure. that that that's how he works. He, I, I, I remember a match uh, a few months ago where he completely dominated Sami Zayn for four minutes. Got hit with a clothesline, an exploder, and a luva kick, and lost. Like it was just three three moves. If you do them back to back, he can't recover. He's uh, he's got like ninety eight power and like two on his health bar. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work. Uh, but you're right. Um, I mean, at least there were some stakes, but to me, I never felt like Big E was ever in danger of losing his spot. Um, it would have it would have said something to me if they had if they had like said, okay, well, this would be something. Maybe Big E gets his spot back next week if he loses tonight, whatever. But it just felt kind of, eh, whatever. Uh, so Charlotte comes out and says Bailey is average, and that. That's why all the fans love her, because she's a fan. She's an average fan, just like they're all average fans. And so she shows Bailey, uh, you know, in, in old pictures up on the Titantron with John Cena and RVD and other people, Bret Hart. Um, and, uh, and then she starts bringing up, put up old poems, handwritten poems by Bailey up on the Titantron. And then she tries to read one and can't. She doesn't have good enough eyesight to read one off the Titan drawn. Uh, and then Bailey comes out and says, yeah, I am a fan. I, I do love the WWE. That's why I'm here. Uh, so I guess this is a way of putting over Bailey, you know, making everybody realize that she's the real article, like has been in the WWE from the very beginning. Uh, but both women, I thought, didn't do too hot on the promo work. So I don't know. What do you think? I think it'll be a lot more fun to watch uh, Mickey James tomorrow on SmackDown. Either way, um, yeah, this was to establish that Mickey or that uh, not Mickey James that 
Bailey is a fan to make her more relatable to the fans. I, yeah, there, it was a lot longer than it needed to be. Uh, Charlotte was pretty terrible at ablibbing during these. She called somebody four eyes, I yeah. believe four yeah. eyes. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really turdy crap in this, but there are kids that ate this shit up. Oh yeah. And that's, that's who you want to target. The adults yeah. who are going to like Bailey are going to like Bailey no matter what, but you got, you got to get these kids. And if she can be anything to kids, like what I've seen personally at NXT events, I, I think I said this to on a Vince Russo show once, like it's nothing for me to see kids cry uh, whenever like they meet a wrestler that they, they like, but when their parents cry because their kid just got to meet them, I've seen that every single live event that uh, I've seen Bailey at. Every single one. That's like six or seven. Parents crying. Parents having tears in their eyes because they're happy that their kid, uh, their daughter, gets to meet Bailey. I mean, that's not something that we've had a whole lot of in the past. Uh, Bailey is something that I think could be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so, um, they, we, we've, uh, now gone through everything except for the main event, and we have a six-man tag where, uh, Roman gets to play face, uh, face in peril for a while, and so does Sammy, um, you know, it's a couple of little brawl moments, uh, a, uh, a Royal Rumble spot before the match even starts, where Braun chucks everybody over the top rope, tis the season, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, kind of fun. Uh, what do you think about it? We'll, we'll talk about the end of it after. Uh... So I, I had high hopes for it because anytime I see like Roman Reigns and uh, Seth Rollins in a six-man tag match, I immediately think all those badass raw six-man tag matches when the Shield existed. This wasn't that. It picked up at the end, like every six-man tag match that's happened over the past few years, but it started real slow. I made a comment on Twitter that people – People got upset about because I said that Rollins might have just stopped doing the sling blade when Balor comes back because it's Balor's only move that isn't a kick. And a guy said, somersault plancha, bloody Sunday, reverse bloody Sunday, double stomp. That's as dumb as the John Cena five moves thing. I'm like, no, it's really not because 90 to 95% of his offense is kicks. And you're going to have to switch it up on the main roster when you're wrestling more than once a month on TV. And we have not seen that out of Finn Balor in the couple of years that, that he's been around. He's wrestling one to two times a month on NXT TV. We'll see how oh, – I bet you he has, if he doesn't add some stuff, he's going to get like Dean Ambrose in the ring where it's very stale. Uh, but he wasn't in this match, but that's just, just something that I noted and people got pissy about. The Rollins laying out Stro- Rollins and Reigns laying out Strowman at the end. I was actually cool with that. It took like a couple chair shots and one of the stiffest spears I've ever seen in my life. As somebody pointed out on Twitter, Reigns is lucky he didn't break his neck on on Strowman's body. Um, Owens put Reigns through the table. I thought the lack of commentary made this really cool. It added a really cool sense of just reality where it was just the wrestlers and the crowd telling the story. And you could really hear the crowd reacting to this. That was so cool. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Um, if you, do, if you didn't watch it, um, Braun pinned Sammy after running power slam, and then he carried Sammy up the ramp to put him through the announce table. When he got up there, the, the, the commentary guys just left. Like sometimes they back away and keep talking. They just, Peaced out. They were like, I'm not, we're not gonna be around for this. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Roman hit that amazing spear uh, on, on Strowman, a couple of stiff chair shots, and then Jericho showed up. And uh, there was something I thought was kind of funny. Uh, after uh, KO laid out uh, Seth with a chair, and uh, he was about to put Roman through the, uh, through the announce table, and he yelled out, Remember Battleground! And he, and he, Powerbombed him through the announce table, the same announce table that uh, Kevin Owens was powerbombed through at Roadblock, end of the line. Uh, he was not powerbombed through uh, through the table at Battleground by Roman Reigns. He got his uh, 
ridiculous uh, B pay-per-views mixed up. But I, I did like to see the babyface stand tall at the end of the night because uh, that's who Kevin Kevin Owens is to me in this feud. So I was uh, happy to see that. So that was that's how uh, Raw ended. Uh, there was a segment that we missed uh, intentionally by me earlier uh, in the night where they did a video package for Kurt Angle being inducted into ah. WWE Hall of Fame. Kirk Angel. So, yeah, that guy. Uh, I thought it was really great that they started playing his, his, uh, his music and what has become <laughs> a term of endearment uh, among the fans, they started in with the "you suck" chance in the middle in in his in his music because that's not a, that's not a thing about how they they think he sucks anymore. That's them saying we love you, Kurt. Welcome back. So, what did you think about uh, about a uh, him being him being announced for the Hall of Fame and b the uh, the video package they used? Awesome, awesome. I love Kurt Angle. Um, he was one of the guys that really ushered in an era of. You got. You better be able to keep up in the ring, and he did it quick. Like to to combine a high flying ability, athleticism, technical ability, power. You you never knew what he was going to do next because he kept it fresh. He kept it fresh, and that's that's something that I think everybody needs to take note of. Maybe he'll hit you with an Olympic slam. Maybe he'll do a moonsault. Maybe he'll. Do a 450. Maybe he'll do a German suplex. Maybe he's going to powerbomb me through a table. You do not know what he's going to do. It adds, maybe he's going to throw you in an ankle lock. You do not know what he's going to do, and that is so awesome. He was so versatile. You want him to be a comedy character? He'll be a comedy character, and he'll be at the top of the card. You want him to be a killing machine? He'll be a killing machine. He'll do it anywhere on the card. Unbelievable. One of the best ever. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't say it better. Uh, he was he was one of the guys that I loved watching at my heyday of when I would really really watch wrestling. Like some one of my favorite matches of all time. Not, I understand not the best. One of the one of the matches I had the most fun and and can still remember the experience of watching was him versus Shane McMahon at King of the Ring, where he had to belly to belly him twice uh through the the plate glass uh up in the up on the stage area and then did the olympic slam off the top rope on a like a plank or whatever i mean i'll always remember a kurt angle uh fondly and i'm really glad they brought him back for this uh i was not expecting it uh this year were you i mean like, no it wasn't kind we, of out of the blue. we have a question in the chat that says do you think angle will be in the rumble no, had they spent this last month really building up Rusev big, 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 big time? Like, you have Rusev come out there and beat some people and then just use that as an angle thing? I would say so. Uh, speaking of questions, uh, we'll get to a couple of these because I think they're pretty quick. Will Finn Balor cross over to WWE UK? I think he will, like, like as a special appearance thing, not full-time. Yeah, me too. Uh, I feel like they they tease that pretty hard, um, and we have yet to see what they're going to do with WWE UK uh, from here on out. But uh, it seems to me like uh, it was a, enough of a success that uh, that they're definitely probably going to go move move through forward with that uh, weekly show. So it should be interesting. Are there still plans for Fightful to sponsor Matt Riddle? Do you see him winning the PWG tag titles with Cobb? I do see him winning the PWG. I see him winning the titles. Um, we already sponsor Matt Riddle. He's a contracted uh, person on our show. We pay him, so technically we do. Um, and then somebody says, does AJ lose at WrestleMania again? And if so, to who? I, hey, I think an AJ Styles losing streak at WrestleMania could be an interesting way to play it off, and that's eventually how he gets his first win. Yeah. I mean, that, that's certainly possible. Uh, the rumor that I saw circulating last night was that they're planning an AJ versus Shane O'Mac match, which does not seem to me like the best use of the best in the world. But, uh, you know, that would just be another thing of like, can AJ get a fantastic match of anybody? If it's anybody's going to do it, it's going to be AJ. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 right now, there's so many Mania plans are up in the air. Who knows who anybody's going to face at this point? 
Hey guys, our podcast schedule is up on it's a, the pinned tweet on my Twitter at Sean Rossat. Listen, guys, I don't usually ask people to follow me, but I'm approaching five thousand followers. I'm like at forty seven, forty nine. But really, I want you to fi- follow at Fightful Wrestle and at Fightful Online. Hey, if you want to follow at Fightful MMA, shit's starting off pretty slowly there. So let's do that as well. Um, there's this guy in the chat saying that I claimed that Jimmy Snuka was acting in the courtroom and saying I said it on a podcast with Matt Riddle. I don't remember ever discussing that with Matt Riddle, so you're fucking out. Banned. Banned. Either way. Um, Register at Fightful.com, guys. You will get early access to that Matt Riddle podcast and – the Shane Helms podcast, which I'm excited about this week. We're talking about backstage fights. Backstage fights. We're going to let you all uh, – basically, backstage fights will be this week's topic. Next week's topic will be the number two voted um, uh, topic in our poll, which was the end of WCW, where we will uh, talk about when he knew the writing was on the wall, that final Nitro, the process of – him going to WWF, if you remember, he had a couple of people um, that – he had uh, Shannon Moore and Evan Courageous, who were his tag partners shortly before that. They got sent to developmental. He got sent up to the main roster. Interested to see where that goes. Register at Fightful.com. It's absolutely free. We will not charge you. Alex, are you nervous about breaking this site while I'm gone? Uh, terrified. Because your wife is due, like, yeah, any day now. Yeah, any day now. Uh, could could happen any day. Uh, could happen before. I, I might have, like, a one-week-old at home by the time the Royal Rumble comes around. So, you know, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, uh, I'm a little worried, a little nervous, a little anxious. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, I think between now and then I'll get, I'll get the hang of it and uh, some learn the ropes and be all right. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit of uh, WWE UK? Nah, it sucks. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> uh, I let, let me answer this question real quick. Will, will London be a great location for WrestleMania? No, they will get a pay per view though. Yeah, um, I uh, loved the tournament. I didn't know that I loved it. Let's say halfway through the first day, but by the end of the of the second day, I was all yeah. in. Loved every every everything. Uh, because hated the first day, hated the first day. I thought it was, I didn't like it. I would, I almost, I didn't even, t- I was watching the Royal Rumble 08 as the first, as day two started. I had to talk myself into watching it. I'm glad I did, but, uh, I didn't like the first day. It was very short matches. Nobody stood out to me really on that. Maybe Pete Dunn, that was about it, but nobody stood out to me in the first day. Changed a little bit on the second day. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the first day, I, I got into a little bit near the end. Obviously, at the end, when they had uh, Pete Dunne attack the hometown boys, Sam Gradwell, and Regal get in his face like, you're not going to ruin this for me, mate. Like, that was, uh, that was great. Uh, and, and, and really, like, that was your cliffhanger to come back the next day. Um, they, they created stars to me like people that I want to see wrestle uh, other matches. Um, there, there were, like, even if they weren't character development, but with, like, each guy had their own kind of thing that I was, that I was into. Uh, one of my favorite guys lost on the first day, Tyson T-Bone, the guy who was basically Brad Pitt from Snatch. Uh, he, came to, he came to the ring wearing, like, a dress shirt open and, uh, and, uh, and a vest. And he, was, he looked he had, different. He looked yeah, different. He had all these rings on, and, like, it was just this guy who looked like he just came, like, to have a brawl. Well, here's the thing, Alex. It's so weird on the indie circuit, especially the turd low levels that that I've been on before. If you don't wear real wrestling gear, people will shit all over you. Not not the fans. They don't really care. But, like, other wrestlers who may – typically just the ones who haven't been successful or people who haven't found any success in the wrestling business. So a lot of times you'll see almost all of these indie guys wearing regular gear. Meanwhile, one in three people on the WWE main roster is wearing khakis and a wife beater 
and like a golf hat and like all that stuff. So for him to look different, I thought that was cool. He stood out a little bit to me where others didn't. Um, Yeah, I think there should be maybe a little bit more of that on the indies, but people are afraid of looking unprofessional on the indie circuit by doing that. Yeah. Um, But uh, as far as the the second day goes, uh, they had so many wonderful callbacks to stuff from the day before. There were there were things that had been set up in earlier matches. Uh, there's a, a, a there was a, the, one of the great matches of, of the day was Pete Dunne versus uh, Mark Andrews, uh, and there was a thing that Pete Dunne did in the first day where he set the guy's uh, his his opponent's hand up on the steel steps, held it there, and then stomped on it. Uh, and then the next day, Mark Andrews had that move scouted pulled his hand away, and then hit a jumping Hurricane Rana off of, off of the steel steps. Stuff like that will pop me every time when I when I know the reference they're making, and they did a bunch of that. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, that match, uh, Andrews versus Pete Dunne, was amazing. I thought there's no way that the that the finals could, could, could be better than this match, and then it was. Tyler Bate was more over with that crowd than I think I've ever seen any wrestler be over with a crowd. Like they love that kid. 19 years old. Need to watch some PWG, my friend. Well, that's true. Um, I do. Uh, but uh, as far as more what I could remember, like the, his, the chant that they created for him uh, that they just love doing. And it really, it seemed to like really pump him up. The whole thing was great. They built, they built a monster heel in Pete Dunn who did not care if he injured oh, yeah. everybody in the tournament just to have, just to make sure that they built him up so they could have a guy who beat him to be the hero. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what they did with everything. Um, there were a lot of people who were saying that the, you know, this is the best stuff of the year. It beats Omega Okada, and I understand that it doesn't technically. Like Omega Okada is obviously a much better match, but for me, watching this. Watching the UK tournament, the finals made me feel more than watching Omega Okada. Made me like, made me get emotional. Made me invested in something, uh, which was a little different than watching the technical superiority of Omega Okada. It wasn't for me for a couple of reasons. I see what the WWE does. They can book a tournament. They did it with TJ Perkins, and then what happened two weeks later? It was. I mean, we saw what happened. Now this. Man, those UK fans are doing it right. That's how, hey, guys, I'm a professional. I do my job as a professional. I like to keep it entertaining on the show because I don't want to be a guy who takes shit way too literally and doesn't have fun doing my job. When I'm at the Rumble, when I'm at NXT, I'm probably going to go crazy. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be a little kid. That's what I want to do. These fans were doing it right. Uh, they were, they were, the venue was great. The commentary was great. The atmosphere was great. Somebody says, why do UK wrestlers always feel the need to have quirky gimmick and a mustache? There's only, there were two of them or two of them. Um, I think Dunn should have won the tournament. Um, that match was real good, real good. The, the Mark Andrews match also real good. And all these guys are under contract. They're under very low dollar contracts, from what I understand, like under twenty thousand. But interesting. Hey, I would send two hundred five live all over there. Yeah, I mean they they could easily do a a two hundred five tour of London and the uh, of England, the UK, wrestling against most of these guys. I mean the biggest one there was Wolfgang, who towered over most of the guys he faced, but he's like two hundred fifty five pounds. He's he's small by WWE standards, but a lot of these guys were were small. Like Tyler Bates, 5'7", 175. Like a hundred pounds of it is in his thighs, but he's he's a small dude. Uh, How beautiful is that championship belt? Oh, it's gorgeous. That thing is wonderful looking. It it it's to me, it's like one of those things like so you that's what you did with this belt, but the universal title looks like a damn Twizzler. That championship is the polar opposite of Jordan Devlin's head. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. His 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 shoulders are the most narrow I've ever seen on a person. Well, his head's you know? real fucking big, Alex. It, it could either way. I don't know if it's head, if his head's too big or the rest of his body's too small. Somebody on our forum said he looked like a vinyl Funko doll of Finn Balor. 
<laughs> he, he did. He, he's got to cut that shit out, by the way. Like, yeah. Finn Balor works for Finn Balor. Having the beard and the same haircut and the jacket and the tights. Or the, the trunks. When, they, when they played up that you were trained by Finn Balor. It was like, what, and, he, and that he was mad. That, like, he cuts his promo like he's mad at this woman for asking about Finn Balor. I'm like, well, maybe don't look exactly like a little Finn Balor then. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you don't want that to happen, then, hey. Uh, I thought Trent Seven was interesting. Uh, Wolfgang was interesting. Um, was Wolfgang the guy who looked like a, a miniature Balls Mahoney? Yeah. Oh, I liked him. I liked it, which I liked Balls Mahoney. If you all want to see a hidden gem, go back and watch Balls Mahoney versus Rob Van Dam at, I think, Anarchy Rules 99. Uh, Rob Van Dam was like supposed to fight JT Smith or somebody and Balls Mahoney stepped up and you got to see a different side of Balls Mahoney that you didn't really get to see. This guy reminded me of that like as to a smaller scale. He didn't look like he would be as athletic as he was and it was awesome. And he looked a little bit different than everybody. It's funny out of all the guys in the final four, I was least interested in Tyler Bate, but I thought he and Pete Dunn put on a hell of a match and Pete Dunn, yeah, man, he's he's a good heel. He's a really good heel. He's a really good heel. Uh, he he got him. He got he he made a name for himself, as, as he said, and Triple H said. Uh, I loved the the backstage uh, little soap opera of Regal hating Pete Dunne and Triple H going, "I see you, kid. I see what you're doing. Keep it up." Like that was a very cool little interplay there. I think that you brought up that it was really cool to see how scared Pete Dunn was yeah. of William Regal too. Even though William Regal's like, "I'm done. I'm old. I'm never wrestling again." Oh, that was that was cool. Like the whole thing is like Pete Dunn can run around throwing dudes into ring posts and intentionally injuring people, but when William Regal takes his jacket off and it comes out in his shirt sleeves with that scowl on his face and just mean mugs you right in your right in your. Oh, that was great. Like, just to have Pete Dunne, like, fall over himself to get away from the dude with all of the old man strength. Like, that was that was awesome. I was a really great touch. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see if, the, if that kind of continues. Like, who knows if Regal's going to be a part of their weekly show or whatever. Um, uh, maybe make some appearances. But I love the idea of him just hating Pete Dunne with everything. And Pete Dunne, like, not scared of anyone except for William Regal. That's cool. That's an interesting touch. Solid, solid. I mean, the thing was, like I said, we never doubted WWE could book a tournament. They've done it well before. It's just always, and I mean always, dating back for almost a decade, what they do with people after the tournament. Who's the last person to really take off after a tournament in the WWE? Now, I mean, I can't. I'm sure I'm missing some little title tournament, but maybe King Booker, who had already had like three good, really good runs. I don't know. Yeah. Fightful.com, you guys. I'm going to plug this real quick before we go, by the way. Uh, Live coverage of everything, everything, live coverage and discussion. There are like thousands of you that are going to watch this. I want thousands of you to go follow us at Fightful Wrestle and to be in these live discussions. Come there every day. We've got all your wrestling news. I know that you've got a habit of going to other wrestling news sites. Break that habit. Come to Fightful.com. Come to Fightful.com. Just do it. Just do it. Also, wait. We didn't mention this. Beth Phoenix Hall of Fame. Yeah, Beth Phoenix Hall of Fame. This is something that uh, that I kind of didn't see coming. Um, it, does it? Is it? Does it say anything? that they're inducting another woman besides China in the Hall of Fame this year. Well, they, they don't want to induct two people that have passed away, and Rick Rude's the person that's passed away. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Uh, I just saw a lot of that on my timeline of, so you're doing Beth Phoenix but not China. It, it was, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I agree with your point, uh, but She'll it did get in. seem She'll odd. get in, but I mean. She, she had better, is basically is, is what I mean, a lot of people were saying. Even if they did, you'd have people, oh, well, the only reason she's in is because she died. Okay, whatever. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. But, you know, congratulations to Beth Phoenix and to, uh, to Kurt Angle as well. Uh, as as uh, Sean Rossep said, uh, follow Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful Wrestle, at Fightful MMA if you're a crossover fan. Uh, Get a T-shirt! Buy a damn T-shirt, people. Fifteen ninety nine. Really? Like the only, 
you're not going to find a better deal than that. Also, it's Hold on. designed. I, I, yeah, I helped design it. I, I want to update you all on this this kick stomp situation. Somebody responded to me, I think, like trying to show to me that, like, that maybe it is. A stomp is defined as the attacker kicking the victim with the flat of their foot. It counts. There you go. And on that note, you can follow me at Palowski the fourth, P-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I-T-H-E, the numeral four, T-H. And uh, Sean, if there's nothing else, I'm going to go ahead and end this thing. Yeah, guys, register at Fightful.com. Matt Riddle, Shane Helms, Elias Theodoro, Sean Pearson, Reed Kuhn. We got a ton of heavy hitters on this site. If you've never watched MMA, we have had dozens of people say that watching our podcasts help educate them enough about MMA to get them into it. Nothing makes me happier than that. Um, until next time, guys, all I really have to say is Alicia Fox. That's good. And since I started the podcast in the traditional sense, I have to do it again the same way. I have to go out in the traditional way. So until next time, guys, we are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.